0: Well, it's, it's our joy. I'm going to ask uh, Ken to come on up here. It's our joy to have him with us today. And uh, he is going to be ministering to us about the power of spiritual alignment, one of my favorite topics. And, uh, you know, he's been tracking with us and following with us online. So he's, he's, he's pretty much up, up to a snuff on what we're doing in the house here. And so, Would you put your hands together and welcome uh, Apostle Father Bishop Ken Gill to be here with us today.
1: Can you move that over a bit? Good morning, good morning, good morning. morning. The best to you each morning. K-E-L-L-O-L-G-Kellogg's best to you. It's Kenner. It's fun. Come on, loosen up a bit. That's an old advertisement that was on, uh, on the news many, many years ago that most of us don't understand. Would you say this after me this morning? According to the scripture, what does it say? Blessings crown the head of the righteous. Let we say that together. Blessings crown the head of the righteous. Let's try it again. Blessings crown the head of the righteous. One more time. Blessings, let's stop right there. Blessings, take out your right index finger. Can you do that right now? Say blessings crown the head of the righteous. I have been made righteous by the blood of Jesus Christ. I welcome, I stand in the place for my head to be crowned with blessings. Amen? Does anybody believe the word of God to be true? Yes. We believe to be true? Yes. My, I tell you what, in this uh, pandemic season, when we begin to look at what the Father is saying to us and what he's trying to say to us, and uh, it's good to be with you again. Always good to be in Belleville. Can you believe it? It's been uh, how many years ago? 1976, somebody do the math. What have we got? 44 years ago, when we lived here in this city, and we've been back in somewhere in the, in this city, 43 out of those 44 years to part, participate with the people of God that we built relationships. I see some people that I knew back then, and I don't think they're willing to admit it because that's 44 years ago. Can you believe that? Can you believe it? Uh, Mr. and Mrs. McFall, so good to see you guys. When we were here, you guys were living in Sterling and you left a major deposit in that church. Your son told me you're coming this way. I was hoping to see you. Excellent to see you today. Bless you guys real well. So many things are going through my mind as I uh, prepare for today, but one little announcement. It's not really an announcement, it's really a call. I believe that this house is an apostolic center. And as a result of that, we've been tracking with you for 25 years that we would see a restoration of an apostolic christianity in the earth is that not true and that was not just a mouthful that i'm saying like literally god the father is restoring his his truth and his the elements of his word to his church so that we literally can express the kingdom of god how many know that the first message that Jesus gave to his disciples was not build a local church. The message that he gave to his disciples was simply this. You guys go out there and preach the kingdom. Preach the kingdom. That was the first message, and it's taken us almost 2,000 years to receive the message of the kingdom back into the house of God. If I were to say to you today, where did the church come from? It came from the preaching of the kingdom. The church is a result of the kingdom of God being declared by the apostles of the Lord Jesus Christ and it was declared by him and then Jesus said, I'm gonna build my church and the gates of hell will never prevail against it. What do you think about that statement? You know, we're not talking about a building now. We're talking about ourselves, we're God's building. So it's not gonna prevail against us because I'm the church, you're the church. Is that not true? We are the church of the Lord. We haven't come to church this morning. I wonder if we've grappled with that. I wonder if in this pandemic, this is what we're grappling with. This is the gathering, this is the collective, this is the church corporate, but there's many churches in this room We haven't gone to church this morning. We are the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. The church is thriving in this pandemic. It may not be thriving in corporality, but it's thriving because the people of God are getting to know God in a brand new way. Is that not true? And sure, I miss the gathering uh, uh, together of the people of God. You talk about uh, your audio not working this morning, Kevin. I preached an entire message to send to a church, because I'm preaching this morning in Lethbridge as well. (laughs) And it's another message that I sent there, and I sent it there, guess what? The entire message was no audio. The whole, can somebody say, the entire message, no audio. Can you believe that? I thought, oh God, how did that happen? Anyways, using new technology, so I had to get in my hotel room and in Toronto the other day and put pillows around the door so I could preach and so I could minister so it wasn't sand, sound transfer going through to the other rooms. And I, I said to the people at the desk, is there anybody beside me? Is there anybody in the room beside me? Because in case I get carried away a little bit, you know, uh, the sound transfer is not that bad. The message would be excellent, but I'm not under sure that they'd understand the context from which I'm delivering this. The restoration of, of an apostolic Christianity in the earth. They say, what does that mean? Well, ask your pastor and he'll explain the whole thing to you because I haven't got time to do that this morning other than to say, when I was born, I was born with a purpose and that was to see the restoration of apostolic leaders in the earth Connected together with the prophets so that we could reestablish the foundation of God in the house of God in the nation of Canada. It was spurned in 1950, 51, 52, and we've been all these years seeing the restoration of this. And so we began schools of the apostolic as I became a student of the apostolic grace. And I recognize it in this house and I recognize it in your leadership. We commissioned Kevin and Sherry a number of years ago to begin to walk in that apostolic grace and that apostolic call so that you could go to places that you never dreamt of ever going. And so the, one of the mandates on my life is to equip, because all 5 ministers, the first mandate for every one of us is to equip the saints of God for the work of the ministry. So we're doing a school in a couple of weeks, and we're doing it on Saturday for you. And Sunday afternoon. So it starts in British Columbia at 8 o'clock on Saturday morning. Three hours later, it starts 11 o'clock for you. We were trying to give Kevin time to wake up so we could get him in place for 11 o'clock in the morning and Tom and the rest of them, you know, and Wayne and Barry and uh, all the rest of it to give you time to get up while we're getting up earlier out there. So it's 8 o'clock in BC. Nine o'clock in Alberta, 10 o'clock in Manitoba, 11 o'clock here in Ontario, on the Eastern Seaboard. And we've designed it for you, it's only $35. Last uh, July, we had 149 people participate in our school. And it's on Saturday morning, May may I invite you, may I ask you, would you carve time out of your life to make that happen for yourself? Get in, get in a group. Get your family together, as we share what God is restoring in the earth, and then it's on Sunday, and we do it Sunday afternoon, one o'clock in Vancouver. So that means it launches here at four o'clock. So we were considering you getting your service over, going out to Swish LA and having your chicken and all those kinds of things, so you could get home in time. How can you say Ken? How thoughtful you have been of us in Eastern Canada. Could you just say that? And we'd invite anybody that's watching online, come and join us. Uh, Go on to our website, www.ripplecenter.com in Calgary, and you can register. And uh, if you haven't got the $35, just talk to Kevin here, and he'll look after that for you. And or just talk to me, and we'll we'll make it available to you because we want to get the message out. Amen? Uh, Last November when I was here with you, a year ago November, uh, usually I'm around Ontario in November, Sometimes the first week of December, I end up in Ottawa or Huntsville or here or somewhere where I'm connecting with those in the Ripple network. And uh, when I was here last time, I just finished here and I was heading to the airport. And when I was heading to the airport, as I was driving, I said to the Father, I said, Father, what's in your heart for 2020? What do you have up your sleeve for the church? What... Do you have for myself and my wife for 2020, what are you up to in this next year? Now, this has been a discipline of mine for many, many years. Usually in November, I'm asking God that I carry a a prophetic disposition. I'm always interested in hearing what the Lord is saying. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. And so my ear has tried to be tuned to God since I've been a very young man. What is it, God? What is it that you desire for your people? Because I don't have an agenda for you. It's my responsibility to come into alignment with God's word. Find the power of my alignment with God. Come under the plumb line of the Holy Scripture and find that in my alignment with him, I can walk continually in the blessing and the favor of the Almighty God. And so many times we just try to get outside and just try to do what we want to do rather than staying in that pocket of divine favor where God basically has no choice but as a father just to bless us and to bless us and to bless us and to help us and to correct us and to bring us along so that we can literally be following him and understand the power of spiritual alignment. Now the first time that I brought that message here was at Wesley Acre's when I was with the leadership team 25 years ago in this house, and I talked with Sid and Cheryl and the rest of them that were here at that time, Kevin and Sherry, about the power of being spiritually aligned with God. And so when we began our entire network of of the Ripple Network and the Ripple Center, The Lord said, I want you to reintroduce this into everything you do and find my way, come into that pocket with me and find that place of the power of spiritual alignment. So I said, okay, we would. So we reintroduced it in 2004, 2005, 2006, but I've not revisited it until I was praying about coming here. And I said, Lord, what is it that you want me to say to this people in this house this morning? And he said to me this clearly, he said, tell Desert Stream to return to their values and stay there and grab a hold of the values you've already laid in place. Get them out, read them, come into alignment to those values and he will continue to lead you step by step into his purpose. Is that not good this morning? And then he said to me, uh, very clearly, talk to them about the power of spiritual alignment. Well, it's a vast subject. One thing that I would do for you, and that is say this. I have many thoughts about this, and I was leading this way. And then I met a gentleman by the name of Frank Damasio. Does anybody know who Frank Damasio is? He's a spiritual son to a, a fantastic leader in Portland, Oregon, that was one of the major voices for the apostolic movement in the western part of America. And God used him, he just passed away a couple of years ago, well into his 80s, and we had him at one of our Sonship Conferences down in Indiana a number of years ago, Dick Iverson. And Dick Iverson raised up spiritual sons, his name was Frank DeMazzo, he wrote a book entitled The Power of Spiritual Alignment. It's very difficult to get a hold of But I introduced it to our network 16 years ago when we gave birth to it and I distributed it to as many people as I possibly could. Now, if you'll go online while you're sitting here today and you'd like to get a copy, you'll probably have to pay 80-some dollars for it and it'll be a used copy. And what I'm trying to say is there's a lot of truth in that book if you can find it in a used bookstore and something that could be a real blessing to you. Now, while driving on the highway, I said, Lord, what is it that you have for 2020? And as I kept driving, and I have lots of time to listen to God in the car, and I was listening, and the Holy Spirit said this to me about a year ago next week, prepare yourself for a divine reset. And I said, whoa, okay. And so I'm driving in my car, and I said, how does a man prepare himself to be reset by God. What do you do to position yourself to be reset by God? And so I just carried on and I drove to the airport and I got out of my car and I got on the aircraft and got in the lounge before and I started pinning some of these thoughts. Say, God, how does a man prepare himself to be reset? Now I have a diamond ring here that my wife gave me. Gave this one to me for our 30th anniversary and twice I've lost a diamond out of it. And I've had not only had to replace the diamond, but the diamond has had to be reset into my ring because you know, it's quite a thing to wear a diamond ring and have one of your diamonds missing. You don't even see the ring. All you see is the empty hole. Does anybody understand what I'm saying? And so what I've had to do is I've had to take it back in and send it to the jeweler and say, "Uh, could you do something about the way these diamonds fit inside this ring? So they took it apart and they took all the diamonds out and they put a brand new channel in the back of it so that they don't fall out anymore. And then they returned it to me. They reset it in its setting in gold so that I could wear again as my wife's gift to me on our 30th wedding anniversary. See, the day I put that on 47 years ago, uh, the day I put that on, I was taken out of circulation. That's what happens when you put that ring on, you enter into covenant. And you're automatically out of circulation. And when you enter into covenant, you abandon the right to quit. And so that's where we stand as covenant uh, making God, a covenant keeping God. We as God's people have been so long, we've been covenant breakers always breaking covenant and God continually inviting us back into the promises that we've made to him. You know, we talk about God, you've not fulfilled your promises to me. God, you're not being sure to your word. Well, how about the promises we've made the other way? Are we keeping our promises to him? How many promises have we made in a worship service like this? And we stand with our hands raised to God and our heart is filled with emotion and praise and, and we're just enjoying God's presence and we're making promises. God, if you'll help me, I'll never do that again. We make promise after promise and promise after promise. And God is saying to us, you want my promises to be fulfilled in your life? How about you fulfill your promises and your commitment to me? It's called covenant called covenant. And I sense that this year that God is wanting to restore covenant with his people. Where our word is our bond. The Bible says it's better not to vow a vow than to vow and not pay in Ecclesiastes chapter 5. It's better not to make any commitment, any promises if we're not going to follow through on the promises that God has given to us. Words are cheap. People break promises all the time. People mistake in today's world covenant for contract. Contracts are designed with loopholes to get out. Our students in comm classes in grade 11 and 12 throughout the nation of Canada are are trained on how to write out marital contracts. Designed with loopholes to get out because a contract is not a covenant covenant is a word, a holy word that connects the people of God with God himself, that we would enter into covenant with him and that we would walk in a covenant relationship with him and that we had, ab- we had abandoned the right to quit. And we would say with the apostle Paul, I have fought a good fight. I have kept the faith. I have kept the course. And there is a treasures laid up for me at the end of this life. This is what father is calling us to in this season. So, as I waited before the Lord, I said, God, what is it that you're saying to me? And this is what he said to me. He said, I want you to return to the origin of all things. So, what I did is I said, Okay, God, I'll do that. So, I'm back to the book of Genesis and I started it again. Started reading the book of Genesis one, two, three, four to see how everything that has happened in history has happened from a perspective of God, the origin of all things. So in the origin of all things, I said, God, what else do you want from me? He said, I want you to understand my original intent for my creation. And then he said to me carefully, I want you to revisit my original intent for the family. And the family is to be according to God's design, not other designs that are being brought, into, brought to us by a culture that is a collision with a biblical worldview. And I said, Lord, is there anything else that you want to talk to me? But he said, yes, I want you to understand offspring, the word offspring in my word. And so I went to the scripture and I found out the word offspring is 64 times in God's word. I thought if a word is there 64 times, it's there for a reason. We build doctrines on words that are there maybe only twice, like predestination, all these kinds of things that they are just there a few times. They have magnificent definitions, but we spent, write books on these things. And God is looking for offspring, a godly offspring. So anyways, I got into the word, I got on my face in December, and I said, okay, God, I guess if you're going to start with a reset, you're going to have to reset me. And then you're going to reset our marriage. Then you're going to reset the house of God. You're going to reset apostles and prophets so they will walk together. There'll no longer be restored gifts to the church walking as silo ministries, but that the Holy Spirit would bring us together as one and that the five-fold ministry gifts would be re- reset and reestablished and placed like the diamond in my ring back reflecting the headship of the Lord Jesus Christ to his church in the land of Canaan. I said, God, what else are you resetting? So I've been spending all All this year saying, God, what are you resetting this week? What are you resetting in me? What is it that you want to reset? What are you doing in my heart? Are you, I sense God renovating my heart. We talk about renovations. As a matter of fact, you think Kevin and Sherry, every time I come here, something's under renovation something's under renovation. I think they got a son, Ryan, and they, they do renovations, right? So, so, I mean, you guys are familiar. There's a lot of construction people in this body or affiliated with the body, and you're doing lots of renovations. What about the renovation of the human heart? What about God coming to us and visiting us and saying, Ken, I want to revisit your heart? So that my heart will be in alignment with the purposes of God. When I look at this vast subject matter that is there and I got my associate with me, Tim, and we got together. I said, Tim, I'd like you and Angie to walk with Sharon and I this week, this year on the subject of building the family by God's design. And so we've been faithful to that now for 11 months every week. We're talking about alignment with the purposes of God, the family being aligned, husbands and wives being aligned together. Is there alignment in the marriages in this room? If not, Holy Spirit would welcome you by invitation to revisit your home and your marriage union so he could reset it. Maybe he needs to renovate some of our hearts so he could reestablish and reassemble and put things together. Maybe there's brokenness and hurt and resentment and bitterness and jealousies and envy. Maybe there's all kinds of things going on and Holy Spirit is reaching out to you today and say, will you let me reset your heart? Will you give me permission as the divine chiropractor to reset your home?" Will you give me permission? How about this to reset desert stream? Because the church is his. It's never ours. The church is his. You belong to him. Not in all my ministry life do I ever call you my sheep, because you're not my sheep. You're not the sheep of Kevin and Sherry Dowling's pasture. You're his sheep. And we're an under shepherd to the great shepherd that have the privilege and responsibility to steward your lives the way that God wants uh, your lives to go according to the word of God. So I believe that God is about reset. He's resetting things in the land. So I said to the Lord in my journey, said, God, what is it you want to do in me? And so he began to talk to me About interior things and things that I want to bring to you, because last October I received a prophecy that God was going to extend my life by twenty years. So I weighed into that and I said, uh, "Some of you were there to hear that prophecy. That God is that really you? Not all prophecies are from God. How many understand that? We need to judge judge all prophecies, despise not prophecies, but God is that you?" Because God, if that's you, then I've got, I've got 20 more years. So I said, God, what do you need to reset my heart physically? Do you need to reset my kidneys and my liver? Do you need to reset the organs of my body so that you would grant to me strength and health? And I don't know what he's doing. Do you know what I'm saying? But I <laughs> I do know that, uh, that the first person that God gives the word to I don't really have permission to share with anyone else unless I first would be willing to come into alignment and say, God, you bring me into alignment so that I cannot not just talk about something, but while I'm being realigned to the purposes and the plans and the precepts and the principles of God's word, then I can be reset by God. Anybody interested in the Holy Spirit resetting you, or has he been doing that work already in this year, and you wonder what's going on? What's going on, God? Maybe I could share just some insight from a vantage point. This year I've been asked like no other year in my life as I nurture churches and leadership all over the place by Zoom or whatever. I've been on Zoom now for the last eight years. Nurturing and helping and loving people and doing what I can to spread the message. But you know what subject has been, I've been asked to speak on more than any other subject this year? Would anybody like to know? They said to me, Ken, would you speak to us about the subject of biblical rest? I was in a meeting in the first week of March and Dick and Joan were there and there was about 300 of us. We came, it was called Alberta Being Realigned, Alberta Being Aligned and Alberta Being Assembled Together. And so we came together, about 300 of us for three days. What a time it was. And Joan, uh, Dick and Joan DeWert, Joan DeWert, she had a prophetic word, and she stood up in front of the people and gave this prophetic word, and this is what she said. This is before COVID really hit our nation. This is what she said. Before any inklings of this really happening is we've not been this way before. And that word went out from her mouth into my spirit, And a deep settle went into me when the Lord was saying, don't you worry about anything in this season because I've got everything under my control. I am seated on my throne. I am riding upon the circle of the earth. I am engaged with you, and you are seated with me in my throne. Now, if that's not security, nothing is security. Because every one of us here today, according to Ephesians chapter 2, we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Am I giving you the truth this morning? Is that not true? And the Holy Spirit, I believe, is wanting to help us to understand. And so I just said, okay, God, you've not been this way before. And it was like the Holy Spirit took a truth and it seeped into my spirit. And I moved into a season of rest. I said, how do you want me to lead this year, God? said, I want you to lead from rest. Come with me, if you would, to the book of Hebrews. The book of Hebrews, chapter, I think it's chapter three. I'm just trying to follow Holy Spirit here this morning. Is this helping anybody? One. Okay, one, oh, two. oh, that's really, man, major. You know, lots of times when we look at the Sabbath, you know, sun, this Sunday used to be called the Sabbath. When you go to Israel, and you go amongst the Hebrew people on Friday night at seven o'clock, like everything shuts down. Like everything shuts. Can somebody say everything? Everything, everything shuts down. And they go to their family on the Sabbath, and the family is so essential, but because they've honored the Sabbath, The Jewish community in the world is still intact. Even though they've gone through slaughters and persecution and all kinds of, they're still intact because that family unit comes together for Shabbat. Shabbat is our communion. It's a breaking of bread and the drinking of the cup. And uh, listen carefully, the Father leads that. And I believe that God wants to reset communion from the local church to the home. We need to equip everybody in the body to serve communion. And just not think it's a priestly function or let it be a priestly function, only you take it on because you're a king and priest unto God. Have communion in your marriages. Have communion together with your family. Dad and mom, leave the way. Because as, as priests unto God, these are some of our priestly responsibilities to lead our children in this way. And I take from the, from the beautiful Hebrew people the Sabbath and I understand how, how we're made for the Sabbath and the Sabbath is not necessarily made for us according to the book of Colossians. But the Sabbath rest is important to God. And most of us do not know how to rest. We know how to work. Corey Ten Boom said years ago, beware of the barrenness of a busy life. We think that busyness constitutes spirituality and it doesn't. I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm busy. No, what he's wanting to do is he's wanting our attention. He's wanting us unto ourselves. Really, he's wanting us to a place of rest and a place of stillness. Why? So he can impregnate us with fresh things from his heart so that we can live from the freshness of what God has for us. And as I read the book of Hebrews and I said, okay, man, I'll, I'll do whatever. I'm really interested in what the millennials think about Rest. Not just us baby boomers. or Gen X, I'm, I'm interested in how the millennials uh, perceive rest. As a matter of fact, there's a beautiful millennial that's written a fantastic book just a couple of years ago called The Subversive Sabbath. He's a pastor out of the West Coast and called The Subversive Th- Sabbath. You might want to get it and read. It's a good $20 investment. You can get it on Kindle and read it so that we, the people of God, can not only be energetic in the charismatic works of God and the charismatic gifts of God, but that we can also know how to rest in Him. And from that place of rest, He wants to impregnate us. In other words, when Mary was overshadowed by the Holy Spirit and had, had a child, Implanted in her by Holy Spirit, that's exactly what he wants to do with us. Holy Spirit wants to hover over us, lay on us, so to speak, in that place of rest, so that literally he can, into us, he can birth brand new things that he has for the season that is before us. You say, Ken, your language is foreign. I'm not trying to be foreign or be smart. I'm just trying to express the heart of God. As to what I believe the Father is saying for his church expressing the kingdom in the 21st century. Can somebody shout amen? amen? Come on, Tom, you can do better than that. I was listening to Barry preach. I listened to Barry preach last week and you are shouting him down all through his message. I, it's quite a thing. I can hear you guys praising the Lord online. So you can do, why don't we just give the Lord a little praise this morning. Can we do that? Oh, we bless you this morning, Father God. We give you praise with thanksgiving. Yeah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Is this helping anybody yet today? Because that's what we're supposed to do is help God's people. Okay, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 8. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken later about another day. Verse 9. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort or every effort to labor to enter into his rest. So in other words, if we are going to involve rest in our lives as a weekly discipline, we have to plan for it. We have to work towards it. We have to set time aside that is very purposeful. I said to the leadership the other night, what part did man have in creation? And the answer is nothing. We had nothing to do co- with creation. The only part we had to do with creation is that we are the first creation of the creator, man. What did man do who was created on the sixth day, what did man do on the seventh day? The first thing that man did in the history of mankind was to rest before he did anything else. God established in his sovereignty, in his omniscience, a day of rest for the people of God. Could it be that God would reset his house in this season? And bring us into a fresh but old discipline of carving out time just to be with God. Right. I say to men and women uh, all the time, they tell me they're going to go spend some time with the Lord. Because I've trained people on how to spend a day alone with God. How to spend three days with God. And I believe in the practice of our faith. If we're going to equip people, most people don't know how to spend an hour alone with God. How can I spend a day alone with God? I understand that it's a foreign concept. What am I going to do for that day? Because we're so busy doing, we don't understand the importance of what it means to be. And I believe this season, this pandemic, is giving the church an opportunity to recalibrate, to reset, and to be repurposed for God's purpose for 2021 and on. What do you think about that? You say, Ken, what do you think about all the sin that's going on? Thank you for asking. All I know is this, if sins abounds, that he and his grace more abounds. So, but, but how is it going to abound? It's going to only abound through the people of God, living in the grace of God, and expressing the grace of God in culture. Amen. And for by grace are you saved. So salvation comes as the body of Christ express the grace of God. But I believe, and I know, I know every time I come from the place of prayer, I know every time I come from the place of aloneness that there's a new grace in my life. I know that. I just absolutely know, you know, in my journey of grace, I mean, when I was working with Pastor Raleigh up in Queensway, I'd submit myself to my senior leaders all the time, and I'd say this, do you see anything in my life that would impede my progress as a man of God? Is there anything, Pastor, that I'm doing that you need to adjust in me? You say, Ken, you were fishing for compliments. No, I was, I was fishing for growth. I wanted to mature. I didn't know how to grow under authority. Does God even speak to an associate pastor or a youth pastor? Does he do that? Of course he does. But the beautiful thing, I didn't understand what God was doing, so I'd submit myself to Charles Ben and Bill Bowler, and I'd submit myself to men of God. As you see anything in my life that impedes my progress? I'm talking about coming into alignment. With things I can't see about me, everyone in this room has blind spots. Is that not true? Yes, where are most, where do most accidents happen? Forgetting to check over our shoulder when we change lanes, change a lane. So as I as I journey in this, I, I submit them, and so you know what? For years, Pastor Riley said to me, mean, "No, oh, there's nothing." I don't see anything, Ken, I don't see anything, Ken, I don't see anything, Ken, and so anyways, one day I went into his office and said, hey pastor, is there anything you happen to see in my life? He said, "Uh, yeah, Ken, and I thought, oh no, here it comes. (laughs) I've been asking and asking and asking and now I'm gonna get adjusted. You see, not only does God adjust his people, not only are we adjusted by the word, but God uses the body of Christ to adjust itself. We're a multifaceted, multi-membered body that is used by one another to help bring adjustment and growth and maturity because we're not we're not alone. We're members one of another. Is that not true? And as members one of another, it's going to be in the membership of Christ's body where we are going to literally be adjusted by the Spirit, by His Word. And so I he said, You know, Ken, I've never met a young man that has so much truth working on the inside of him, And he began to comment. He said, Ken, for your age and for the handle and the things that God's given you in his word, he uh, just said that you got so much truth working on the inside of you. And he, he commended me. He did what the writer of the book of Revelation does. He commended me for the truth. Well, I was raised in the truth. You should know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Is that not true? And so I know all the scriptures about truth. And uh, I was raised, mom and dad, they're people of the word, people of truth, man. And so he was commending. He said, but you know, Ken, I see something lacking. I said, what's that, Pastor? He said, well, the Bible says in John chapter 1, verse 12, it says that Jesus was full of grace and truth. And uh, I see you with more truth than grace. I was sitting on a blue chair, and I fell off onto the floor in a fetal position, just like this right into a fetal position. 1984. 1984. And I went into deep weeping and I had a grace awakening because this grace awakening was necessary for an apostolic anointing and authority that God was going to place on my life to be able to carry without destroying people. Because you can be essentially right all the time, but essentially wrong because of the way that our rightness comes away. So then, after the hands were laid upon me in in 1999, I was set forth in an apostolic grace, and the staff got around me, 19 pastors at a retreat center, and for two and a half hours, they laid hands upon me and imparted great grace. Say, why are you telling these stories? Because throughout the journey of the child of God, we must be in a position to be reset by God recalibrated by God, restored by God, realigned by God, because he wants us to walk in divine alignment with himself. Now, one of the purposes of the five-fold ministry in Scripture is to work with Christ to bring the body of Christ into alignment with his purposes. Say, Ken, I don't really like the message of alignment. Let me take you back. Let me take you back and let me take you back to school. Does anybody remember going to public school? Do you remember years ago in public school when the whistle would blow at recess and then the teachers would stand up at the outdoor and they'd say, you got to get into alignment and they'd stand up like this. Anybody remember that? You know, and us boys, if it was summer weather, there's no way we were coming into alignment very quick. We were the last people. We we're the last guys. We had to kick the ball one more time, throw the ball one more time, take one more lap around the field and, and just be, and the class couldn't win in until everybody was in line. But then you get a detention. Anybody get detentions in your journey? I got a few of them in my life. And, uh, because I loved, I loved recess. I had A plus in recess, A plus in gym, A plus plus at lunch man i did phenomenal in all those wonderful subjects but you know when it came to winter time guess what the boys we were first in line because it was freezing cold out there right i would say why would you ever send us out at minus 25 the teachers standing up there shivering shit a mask on back then but not for these purposes and they'd be standing up there doing this i sense holy spirit is saying to his church come Come. Come. Come into my alignment. Would we, could we allow him to be the divine chiropractor in our lives? To bring the necessary adjustments? I was injured as a football player and changed my whole life's course because that's what I wanted to be as a professional athlete. Either football, hockey, or baseball, didn't matter, lacrosse or ping pong. Didn't make any difference because I excelled at every one of them and I loved playing it and and refereeing it. I thought maybe I could be a sports commentator and take Danny Gallivan's place. Does anybody remember Danny Gallivan? Notice I didn't say Foster Hewitt because that's that other team up that way. Um, But anyways, I thought maybe I could do that because I loved it I refereed it and I scrapbooked it and I was a pretty highly addicted athlete. But I ended up getting really severely injured. I spent the next 12 years At chiropractors. Chiropractors became my friends. I remember being in an exam room, writing an exam. The pain in my body was so bad. I'd be kneeling down on one knee like this just to write the exam because I could not sit up. And I worked here at Calvary Temple Belleville for years on one knee for five and a half years. All the time I was here, six years on one knee every morning from eight o'clock for eight years. My wife dressed me every day you know, I, I needed I needed God to come, and I was leading worship at Calvary Temple one night. and I had my hands raised up to God. I said, "Would you please heal me?" And this is what I said to Him: I was leading worship, like Mike and, and Derek, and there were guys were doing today. I had my hands up. I was leading worship, and while the people were worshiping, and this is what I said to God: "Listen carefully, God, would you heal me because I cannot do." What you want me to do with this infirmity in my body. And two days later, I said to my wife, do you notice anything? She says, what's that? I said, you haven't dressed me in two days. Because the divine chiropractor came, visited my back, and brought about alignment. And I'm living 30 years pain free. Why? So that I could plant churches, expand the kingdom of God. It's not just about my personal health and well-being and the pain factor of my life. It's not about that. It's about accomplishing the purposes of the kingdom of God in every one of our lives. Is that a good place to say amen? amen. I don't desire to be subjective this morning, but I, I worship God as my divine chiropractor. I honor you today, Jesus As my divine chiropractor, I thank you that your love for me has meant that you've laid your hands upon me and adjusted me into the place that you want me to be. And the good news is this it's not going to stop over the next 20 years. I wonder who will be pastoring and leading in this house in 20 years. And they'll maybe bring me in in a little scooter and say, Hey, killer, sit down there. Tell us what God's saying. And whether that be, that'll be 40. That'll be 2040. 2040. Can somebody say 2040? What's he got for us in the next 20 years? How's the church going to rise? How's the kingdom going to be expressed? Well, none of it's going to happen if we're not going to allow him to reset us. Repurpose us. At the end of the message, I say this, you trust God's heart. I bet you everybody trusts God's heart. Do we trust his hands? I love the chiropractors. (laughs) (laughs) I leave exams and go and get an adjustment in my exam and go back and write my exam. I'm talking about proverbial pain. So so painful I, I couldn't think. That's what back pain does. Anybody understand what I'm saying? It's called fulcrum pain. It's, it's incredible. And here I am, look at this. Can you believe this? I can do all, anything. I can play golf, play hockey, play whatever. Maybe I don't, don't play that well, but I play. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm wondering today at the end of this message, Holy Spirit said me remind you to re- align yourself with the values of this house. I think there's a realignment. Find out what your values. I know a couple of years ago, Kevin, I don't know when it was because I came in and preached and one of your values was grace, I think. And he and he asked, what was that, Kevin? 2012. 2012 he asked me. I said, "Well, can I join you so I remember bringing a message on grace as one of your values." I don't know what all your values are, but I know as a church, you have them. And as a friend of you all these years and one who loves you and prays for you, may I encourage you in this season of rest, don't fight it. Don't fight the rest. While in the hotel in Toronto on Wednesday night, Thursday night, I did a whole message on rest for an entire church. You say, well, why is that? Because I believe he's wanting to reset us. Maybe you've been struggling with COVID for eight months. Why don't you let the struggles go? Just say, God, You're still on your throne and that's not copying out. You're still riding upon the circle of the earth and as a matter of fact, God, I'm seated with you in your throne. That's called proximity and proximity is power, I heard last week. And so when Barry was preaching on proximity is power last week and you're shouting him down, well, we are positionally right beside him. Is that not true? We're seated with him in his throne. I'm wondering how many today is a land this aircraft, you say, God, I'm, I'm willing to allow the Holy Spirit and the Word and the body of Christ to work on me, to bring me in to the alignment that you have for me. I, 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 I sense today as I walked into this room, God wants to realign some marriages. A couple addicted to ministry rather than addicted to God. He wants to reset that. He won't accept that. He wants to realign things. May I ask you a personal question? Does any of this bear witness with anyone in the room? Would you be willing to just raise your hand and self- So if this is witnessing with you today then, Holy Spirit, ride upon these. Truths, work them into the fabric of our heart. Anybody willing to allow the Holy Spirit to reset you? If you are, stand to your feet, lift your hands to God. Say, God, I'm here. Just lift them right up. Can you put your hands up like aerials before the Lord? I'm going to pray a prayer, and you can make it to your prayer if you like, but you give me permission to call God the divine chiropractor. And I'm going to pray that way. Divine chiropractor, the house of Desert Stream is yours. The leaders of Desert Stream belong to you the people of Desert Stream and its ministries belong to you. Would you, in your grace and in your wisdom and in your superiority, that's God, would you reset, realign this house, its leadership and the body? And that this season will be so purposeful for this house and for this ministry. That you would commend your blessing and your favor that would take them into further dimensions of sovereign intervention in the affairs of men. Holy Spirit, as you work on us, I confess publicly, I trust your hands on your body, the body of Christ, and bring us into alignment with you, your purposes, the practice of the kingdom, the promises that you have in your word. I thank you, Father. Now lay your hands on every individual, and now, Father, would you uh, adjust us? In Jesus' name. Can you say this after me? I am, glad I am glad that he doesn't make all the adjustments at once, but an adjustment at a time. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May the Lord himself lift up his countenance upon you and grant to you the peace of God that passes all human understanding And may we walk in that today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Have a fantastic week in God. Consider being a part of the School of the Apostolic. Come and join us on there and we'd love to have you there. Bless you. Amen.
0: Hey, everybody. Pastor Kevin Dowling here from Desert Stream. Just giving a shout out to you and saying thanks for joining us this week. We trust that you receive something out of what was shared today, and we hope that it spoke to you and that it encouraged you in this season that we find ourselves in. You know, you could do us a big favor if you would just uh, share, uh, like, uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Let people know that there's a place that you found that you're getting an encouragement and hope each and every week. We hope you plan to check in with us next week, be a part of our expression again, and help spread the word that God is in control in the midst of this season.